dinner with the divine Red Jack. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. Three episodes back to back to back. Is there no end? Is there no escape? Especially not today here on Doom Patrol Radio. See, look at this. Look at this. this is uh, Silence by Gabriel uh, Fauri, 19, uh, 1845 to nineteen twenty four. That's how. That's when he was alive. This is CSR Symphony Orchestra. Um, Andre Lenard filmed in something, and I c- I couldn't finish reading what it was. But um, yeah, what is? Yeah, look at this. You're looking at a. Well, that's a. What's that's a horse's ass right there? Let the man film his horses. There's more horse asses. What is this trying to tell me? <laughs> Get a good looking stanza. <laughs> Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, your favorite uh, Doom Patrol related podcast, this side of the painting. My name is Mark. Uh, my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about Pain Patrol, the third episode of Doom Patrol Season 2. Uh, today's episode is about Niles, Rita, and Larry as they end up in the clutches of an infamous villain who feeds on pain while Cliff and, well, it says while Cliff visits his daughter, but it's Cliff and Crazy Jane go on their um, adventure to Florida to visit Cliff's daughter. Road trip. Yeah. Um, today's episode is directed by Samira Radzi, who's a German director. And then today's episode is written by Tom Farrell, who did the iconic Danny Patrol episode. Mm-hmm. And Tamara, Be- uh, Tamara Betcher Wilkinson, who did Doom Patrol Patrol and Ezekiel Patrol. And then both of, both of them together, they, uh, they wrote the episodes for Puppet Patrol and Flex Patrol. Um, and Doom Patrol Patrol, that's the one with Mento and Rhea, um, which is kind of cool because today there's a, there's a lot of tie-ins uh, between the episodes that they wrote and today's episode. Um, and of course today's episode, its guest character is, uh, Red Jack, AKA the Butterfly Collector or AKA Jack the Ripper, which is, Mm -hmm. they, I think they lean more into that, that, uh, pseudonym alternative name. That's what I Um, usually, I mean, that's what I gathered from when I would read it in the book and everything like that. Yeah. Just because Uh, it was, I don't even know know if it's, uh, an official name to be called the butterfly collector or if just those two issues were just called the butterfly collector. Like that was the, the little mini arc, uh, for the character. I mean, it might uh, be like a, like a kite man. Hell yeah. Thing. I love that name. The butterfly collector. I think yeah, me too. I, li- I like that more than red Jack or of course, Jack the Ripper, but, um, wasn't the wasn't the title the house that Jack built? Wasn't that was wasn't that the title? Or one was of them, it the right? butterfly collector? Uh, was that just the title of one issue? Possibly. Now you got me confused. Now uh, you got the me two confused. issues that we're referring to are issues twenty three and twenty four of the um, nineteen eighty six run. This was done in nineteen eighty nine of Doom Patrol. So Red Jack was created by Grant Morrison and Richard Case. 
Um, and we're going to go ahead and start here. Um, yeah, the, uh, so hang on. Issue 24 was titled The House That Jack Built. Okay, but then the third one, or 23, was The Butterfly Collector. Was it not? Um, uh, I think I skipped the title Flipping page. Those See, you, you have it. You're faster, Mark. You have the digital one right there in front of you, and I have the paperback. So I'm flipping pages, and you're... Uh, Yes, the Butterfly Collector was 23. There we go. And you're just sitting there. Sitting here. I got my notes written down, the ones that matter. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Nate, uh, how how was today's episode for you? I feel like you really enjoyed Time Patrol. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I got to tell you, Mark, I'm enjoying all of it. There is no bad. (laughs) There isn't a time where I'm like, uh, no, I didn't. No, it's like even if it's no, 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 no. I can't. I love everything about it. What I'm very impressed uh, with is how uh, how well um, it w- this was able to adopt just horror. This was a straight up horror movie. Yeah, yeah. This is. I mean, Tom, you know horror. Hey. <laughs> yeah, and then truly, some scary stuff happens. Uh, like. In almost every uh, kind of subplot that's going on, each of the three tangents that are going on in today's episode, something truly scary does happen. And, um, you know, I think last episode you were saying that Dr. Time, this is probably one of your favorite villains that you like seeing on screen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red Jack, uh, played by Roger Floyd. Man, I... The costuming, the makeup on on this character is, you know, Niles Calder says the divine Red Jack. This dude is absolutely divine. Yeah, like this is this is such a cool character. I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people cosplay as this character at conventions when the world decides to not end anymore. Um, I I think Red Jack is is a very great greatly designed character for this tv show i i want to give a huge shout out to the whole costuming and makeup department for that because mm-hmm. man this guy looks beautiful incredible yeah incredible the teeth and everything um, uh, yeah dialogue too hey uh it's yeah straight up poetry and uh like it's just like better dialogue than what was in than what he was saying in the book man i'm telling you Yes. It's just better. It was so good. It was mm-hmm. so well done. I had such a blast watching this episode and like like just trying to psychologically break it down in my mind and and imagery and all this stuff. I was having a, a fun time with this. Yeah, absolutely. Um and uh d- just like being in 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 Jack's house, you know, like from you know the twenty fourth issue, like being able to look at those kind of like the rooms that he had, and then the the glass panes with all the butterflies in it, like not only does was it translated, but it looked beautiful, you mm-hmm. know, like it was like just seeing those things was beautiful, and um everything that goes on with with the doom patrol when they get sucked into um wherever he's hiding you want to know something um something cool and this is like this actually happened and i didn't and i didn't post it on twitter but i should have and i and i wanted to so when um 
these episodes dropped all three on that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, I watched a few of them, but anyway, it doesn't, besides the point. I got to a point where I was watching, I was re-watching um, this episode, Pain Patrol, on uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And um, <laughs> on Saturday, what was that, the 27th? or uh, Yeah, that was the 27th. <clears throat> Here in the Northern Hemisphere, where I'm located, it was the bug contest in my game of Animal Crossing. So Flip oh. was on my island, and it was a blast. Uh, everybody was out with their nets. They were catching bugs. They were trading them in. They would get cool things. Among those things that I got, I only got two. Two, uh, two prizes, because I only did the bug contest for like, I don't know, it's like three minutes. You get like three minutes to catch as many bugs. Anyway, I only did like a few minutes or whatever. I played like for an hour. But I only got two prizes that I could like. I caught enough bugs to like exchange two prizes. One of them was a, uh, they call them Aloha shirts in the thing. It's like, yeah, a, you know, Aloha got, shirt. Yeah, I got it. So like it was a bug themed Aloha shirt. Uh, That's the actual name of those shirts. Uh, great, because I got a bunch of them uh, in Animal Crossing. That's one of my goals in that thing, is to try to find all the Aloha shirts that they oh, had in every that game. Other. Yeah, because they're beautiful. They got, there's uh, ones that, you know, I got all the pineapple variant ones. I got all the Tom Nook, you know, the the the, wor- the workers that, you know, are mm-hmm. on the island. Anyway, so I got, so I got the shirt. And then the other thing that I got, I should probably grab it for you, is a wallpaper for a room in my house. And on the wallpaper is like it's bug wallpaper, but it's only butterflies, and that's it. So the wallpaper in all the room is just the butterflies going on there, and I thought it was really cool. That yeah. I got that one with I this was, butterfly uh, collector story. Mark, it I matched was up. I was in IKEA the other day. Like uh, it'll it'll be a week ago. I went to IKEA, and there was like a one of the model rooms had like this bathroom that had like these black and white like kind of scientific paintings of like the different types of butterflies like i forget what it's called but it's like i know what you're talking about like the yeah yeah, the figure figure one with the yeah okay yeah but it's just a bunch of them bunch of butterflies and it was like too big of like the whole bathroom was weirdly decorated around that kind of like Mm -hmm. etymology of of butterflies and i was like i really like this bathroom (laughs) And it's because this butterfly collector yeah. story arc that I've read once just is ingrained in me. It stuck and with you, right? It was weird. Yeah. I mean, I think it was because it partially maybe it is because of our, uh, you know, attraction to color and these things like that in art and mm-hmm. whatever. So, like having all them on the wall with, I mean, they're beautiful. That that Red Jack arc in in Doom Patrol is one of the prettiest arcs that you can get from Richard Case and all these people that were doing it. Like, it was... Yeah. Even, like, it gets down to, like, Rebus's coat that changes color from panel to panel. It's beautiful. It has, like, the green outline yeah, around it's, it. Uh, the green outline and then the hue changes. Like, it's, like, spectrum-y. Like, it'll get, like, mm-hmm. the darker green. It goes into the lighter colors. It's beautiful. The butterflies all over the wall. It's amazing. Um, which brings me, uh, since we're on the topic, why butterflies? Do you know? I was going to say, I think the butterfly is the best choice for this. And the reason I say say it um, 
in my personal opinion, I'm and this is not like this is the correct answer. This is just my personal opinion why I think it's nice that they went with butterflies when they originally wrote this is the butterfly is not a intimidating or predator like insect. You know, if Red Jack had been a you know, his whole thing was praying mantises, that yeah. would be too on the nose in my opinion. Like of course it's a very aggressive insect and it's it, it does yeah. play and prey on on the weaker or uh, angelfish. That'd be scary. Yeah. Can you imagine Which, an angelfish villain, especially well, if like you're like he, in a water? You know, you see spiders, scorpions, hornets, wasps. Yeah. Like those very aggressive insects and, you know, or arachnids and just bugs that we actually fear. The butterfly is not a feared insect. In fact, it's a very adored insect. Mm-hmm. And so there's this concept that I really like and it's called it's called it's called soft power. And I feel like that's a great way to describe Red Jack. And I like characters who fall in that category of being like these soft, powerful type. You know, they're very powerful, but they don't have to be overtly masculine. I think menacing they, is like what I attribute to that. That sounds like a it could fit in there. Yeah. Because someone who's menacing is just like that's that's evil and it's not, not like, you know, it doesn't have to be Kingpin or doomsday yeah i was trying to think of like monsters i think another uh like um i say this a lot but with the anime uh inuyasha like Uh shomaru is a soft powerful villain like yeah he's very powerful but he's soft in presence and red jack gives off that same kind of vibe yeah And, and having butterflies as like his uh symbol Mm -hmm. that's like a great you know image yeah. to go with that instead of being like oh i'm red jack and i have all these scorpions in my mansion and or stuff spiders. like that yeah yeah and yeah. then the fact that he can collect butterflies they're very weak they can't really do much um and that he traps people into being butterflies mm-hmm. it is also like i just it it's a very pretty picture in the saddest depressing way possible yeah um so i think it's like like the whole bird in the cage type thing um yeah so like also which is something that they did uh touch on in the comic um but with doing a little bit of uh intrigue on my own part it fits perfectly um so those butterflies obviously and then in the book and in the show and stuff like that we do see that they are still alive and they are, you know, uh, pinned to these walls and in these frames and everything like that. Um, the 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 pain receptors that are that would those wings. A man. <laughs> so having a needle go through those wings. A butterfly's wings are extremely sensitive, like extremely mm-hmm. sensitive. From like you know brushing the scales off to even just destroying like the veins and stuff like that. That's in them. So, like, imagine, like, just being, imagine taking the most sensitive part of you, Mr. Tattoos right there, <laughs> and just, like, and, and you know, pinning yourself up uh, yeah, to the like wall. Flayed or something like yeah. that. All that just stuff. So, like, that constant agonizing pain from all these people is yeah. just, like, 
obviously fuel for Red Jack. For people um, who have seen the film uh, Midsommar, they might one of the, one of the travelers has kind of like a torture, uh, a, a flayed, uh, a version of being flayed that happens to them, and which and I forget what it's called, but it's like spread eagle or something like that. It's like weird, like where their shoulder blades are like removed. Like the the thing is that you have to stay alive. Yeah. That's the only that's the most fucked up part about it. They're like shoulder blades are like popped out away from their spine and then opened up outwards like a transformer. Oh my and they're like, god. And they're like Yeah. Let's go watch Midsummer. No. The <laughs> fact that you said transformer because and and I know it's from the goddamn toys that the back would wing open so you could fold it in itself. Yeah, like I you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. If, you, if you guys know Transformers, you know exactly what I'm, what God I'm referring to. damn it. <laughs> but it's very painful, and they stay alive, and they have to stay alive. That's the whole point. It doesn't kill them. Yeah. Um, so apparently it like, gives, them, gives people access to like your internal organs or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, that would be... Uh, that's torture. We're here to talk about pain now on Pain Patrol. It might have also um, been like some, some of those drawings in... Um, of Elizabeth, of Doctor Elizabeth Shaw in Prometheus when she was uh, th- those elaborate autopsy drawings yeah. that David that David did. I don't know if it's all chest opening up because of the uh, face hugger or whatever, but it, I, there might be some. Man, you remember it was like all that in pos- Covenant. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, Sorry, did I say Prometheus? One, I did. Yeah, but I knew what you were talking about because Elizabeth Shaw. She's barely in Covenant, um, but. Real quick, before we dive a little bit further into the episode, I want to jump back to your little Animal Crossing thing. Could you yeah. build uh, a butterfly collector, like the house that Jack built? Could you replicate that in that game, or is that... I don't know how that game works, but could you be like... Which one? I'm the one gonna... from the car- uh, cartoon? Just the, the fact that you... Show? <laughs> the one from the cartoon. Could you Could you like be like, I'm going to build the house that Jack built. I'm just going to have a bunch of butterflies like walled up uh, and... Um, did you get that crazy? Could so, you build the Doom Manor? Oh God! I put a robot in your. <laughs> I don't think so. There's a there is a robot. Uh, there's a Gundam, pretty much, but it's like a giant statue. Okay. It's giant. So like, I don't think you could put that in your room unless there is a toy robot, which there might be. I think that could be small, but um, I think you'd have an easier time replicating the onset. Um, dining area that uh niles mm-hmm. and jack are in versus the comic book with i don't know uh, you know the the floor cracking and earthquakes that like you can't do that or like the flooded part that jane is in or anything like that i yeah you can't really do that but like you probably could get like that nice dining area and something similar um there's definitely like you know, red carpeting that you can get. There's, you know, dark colored walls. Um, there's even like, you know, th- I know that there's like a, uh, there's like a wall that's like, um, I think it actually, ha- you have to use gold in it too, but it's like very, it's red, elaborate with like gold etching in it, I believe. Mm. So that might be something akin to it. Um, I'm going to get Animal Crossing. That's just going to be my mission is to, is to make that house, make that mansion. My mission was because I saw everywhere. Yeah, so I well yes, I did keep the butterfly wallpaper in that one in in the one room of my house. I did. Um, I don't think you can. 
I don't know if there's like <laughs> a framed, you know, like butterfly kind of thing, like uh, the examining yeah. style or whatever. That'd I don't be a little know too if, weird. <laughs> yeah, that might be weird. But there, you can get replicas, like the same guy that does the bug catching and like buys your bugs and stuff like that. If you give him like three of them, he'll give you like a replica of that bug. Maybe I haven't tried that. Maybe I should. I, maybe you could hang those replicas on the wall as well. Um, that that might that might work. Because if you like get if you capture the bugs and like just like want to, uh, how they say display them, it's just the bug in like a um aquarium, like those, the plastic ones that you got at like uh Walmart or you know PetSmart or whatever. Oh, like the plastic one with the clear boop and you know. Yeah. Like the just like the little to go, <laughs> the travel one or whatever. The to go container. Can I get yeah. this bug to go? Which is Dine probably in or carry what, out. Yeah, which is probably like actually what they use in science. Um, and you know, with all the coincidences we'll be talking about with like Tom Farrell, uh, you know, directing or not directing, writing this episode, wrote Danny Patrol as well. And I said on Danny Patrol, they should really one day just turn like make Danny the street into like an actual street that you can visit like some weird event where uh like some like convention event yeah yeah like a like pop-up the, up, the pop Seinfeld up street, restaurant which is whatever. what Danny does right he pops up or they pop up um and with with this house I feel like this would be when I first saw the episode I was like this is a house that I would like a set I would want to visit like I think they did something similar when Crimson Peak came out, and at San, San Diego Comic Con they had like, uh, kind of like a a walkthrough kind of. Set. I don't know what Crimson Peak is. It's like a, a gothic romance movie created by Guillermo del Toro. It's a very good movie. You should check it out. Um, but anyways, uh, that I maybe do like a Halloween Horror Nights, like. The house that Jack built, like Butterfly Collector, like a Doom Patrol thing. That would be really cool because I really like these hallways with these butterflies. And it's just like I want to walk through it. I want to check out this area. After seeing this and like, you know, like seeing it in a live action and in a horror movie type setting. um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to look at (laughs) like framed pictures of butterflies the same anymore. Because now, like, it is, like, a, I believe that is a horror thing, uh, which is awesome to me. Yeah, I mean, some people get into, like, etymology and stuff like that. Which is cool and all and everything, the science behind it. But also, Mm -hmm. I like that I can attribute a horror aspect to that, you know? Mm -hmm. It's your inner goth talking right there. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. I think so, too. That's a good thing. Um, There, I, I have... A question for the people who make this show, yeah. Because I don't know if this is this is real. In my head, I'm thinking this is true. Um, but the episode it starts out in 1888 London. This is Niles Calder when he's a he's a child, and uh, I I think Abigail Shapiro is playing Niles Calder in this opening bit. Can you not see the credits at the end of the thing? They don't. I looked through all the credits, and there's no extra person that is not. You know, I've already been like, yeah. So it doesn't say Dorothy slash Young Niles Calder. 
Yeah, she's not credited as now it's called. I was gonna. Is it, I was gonna ask yeah. that same thing because uh, um because in the underground, uh, Diane plays Karen as well, right? That's not another. Yeah, yeah, actor, yeah. Right? Yeah, Diane. Okay. Just, yeah, I think Which Diane is amazing. Has, yeah. She has um, like so that's a what I was I was nose going to, and everything. I was going to ask. I don't think she had a prosthetic nose for Karen. Yeah. I've noticed it a little too much. Uh, like, because I, I rewatched season one, and when Karen shows up in the Danny Patrol, I was like, she looks very different. And I was like, I think she has a prosthetic nose. Like, like there's like her nose looks a lot different. And I think she like I don't know. They really carried her up. <laughs> um. So here, let me try to. I'm gonna try to do this. I'm looking up on the uh, the internet here to see if we can. Oh, I've already tried looking it up. You already tried. Yeah. <laughs> no, it tried says it right times. there. Dorothy Spinner slash Young Niles Calder on IMDb, dude. I IMDb. I don't know if they updated it. When did you oh. look at it? Within the last five minutes, because maybe I'm just quick on, on. They heard you talking. Uh, FBI. Yeah, they updated it. Come in. I was over here. Oh, well, well, you heard it here first. I didn't just look it up on the internet. Um. I yeah. So it says, and I was correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I did the whole. Um, Leonardo. So DiCaprio I had to go to the exact episode. The TV and I was like, "That's Abigail Spiro." <laughs> I did. The, I did the episode. Um, cause yeah, it also, you get, um, Vanessa Carter, uh, credited for, uh, Clara. Come Home. Oh. Um, and you know, this isn't the only DC storyline that has used Jack the Ripper as, a, as a villain. Although this is, you know, Grant Morrison, like really giving like a myth, a mythology to Jack the Ripper with Doom Patrol, but um, Gotham by Gaslight, like one of the, I think the first Elseworld title in, in DC's like Elseworlds um, was uh, Jack the Ripper was the bad guy, and, and mm-hmm. Batman was like that was like the person he was after was Jack the Ripper, uh, and then they made it an animated movie, so you definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, Jack the Ripper was also the main villain in that story as well. Um, but yeah. Uh, here's, I think, I think it's best to talk about this now, uh, just because it, it leads into, uh, it really, it's probably the smallest storyline that happens in this episode, but it's a big one because it leads into the next episode. And since we're talking about Danny Patrol and Tom Farrell writing this one, um, we have an Abigail, uh, not Abigail, we have a Dorothy subplot in this, in this episode where she's playing hide-and-seek with Darling, Herschel, and Danny. And, man, oh, man, you want to talk about horror and scary stuff that they can write? This, honestly, scared me, what happens to Danny in, yeah. in today's episode. <laughs> yeah. It's um, terrifying. The What happens to Danny, like, I f- like, when it happened, I was like, did we talk about this before? As, or has this happened in the storylines before? Danny, like Danny breaking like the as a brick breaking. Yeah, well, uh, um, uh, so it happens with Gerard Ways uh, when you're first 
reintroduced um, to Danny. Um, Danny is thrown through a uh, glass, a stained glass like window. window, right? Yeah, and then yeah. It, it hits. Uh, yeah. And so I, I like. I'm curious to see what happens with that. But man, that that scared me. I was just, I was like, oh my god. They it's they build themselves back up. Yeah. I'm hoping Danny grows into like, um, like Danny World, like a theme park and stuff like that. Like I want to see Danny get to that level. Um, but yeah, that that to me was cool, and and I liked that Danny was hiding. Like when when Dorothy catches them, I was like, oh, that's awesome that Danny was hiding right right there with like a lampshade or something yeah, like that. Classic hiding spot, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's just super cute, and I I really enjoyed that. But it was adorable. It was. Uh, I guess what's cool about that is that Tom Farrell like wrote Danny Patrol, that big thing, and that like really introduced everyone to to Danny the Street, and then in this one, Tom basically kills off Danny, yeah. <laughs> the same writer, and it's like, oh man, if someone had to do it, it had to be you. Yeah, but yeah, so with Niles Calder, he is introduced to Jack the Ripper back in 1888 and is very, uh, Red Jack is very intrigued by Niles. Um, he says that they're, they're very similar and I really like this kind of deviation from the original storyline because I have to admit as attractive as, the whole butterfly collector two part is in, in the Grant Morrison run. It really just is attractive. And then it's gone already. Like Mm -hmm. I was kind of expecting more the first time I read it. I didn't know it was going to be just a two part. I thought maybe, you know, when I read crawling from the wreckage and that was a four part, I was thinking, okay, this could at least be another four part story. Um, And what's crazy about Grant Morrison is he wrote, all 63 of those like he had those 63 issues like thought out like that run you know it it wasn't that he just stopped and then um uh rachel pollock took over it was like he was just already like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do these many stories that's it and so everything was thought out and so i thought maybe that the butterfly collector was going to be a thing that continued on but that's me being foolish because then I realized that Grant Morrison was just like, I got so many stories to tell. We're just going to go through them. Like these are the strange adventures of the doom patrol um, as I'm writing it. And so Mm -hmm. here's the butterfly collector that's done. Let's move on to Mr. Nobody. Um, That as at first it was a little disappointing. So, and Oh, what I was going to say that I, I liked that the way that they did this better than it is in the book. Yeah. So let me coattail that. Uh, the last episode, we towards the end, we were talking about the butterflies showing up and <clears throat> them being first shown to Larry. And, you know, the whole idea of uh, him, uh, you know, pain being attracted to that uh, negative energy and all that stuff like that. Um, and we did talk about in the book that there was a difference uh, with... Um, you know, the butterfly collector, uh, Red Jack's um, motive in the comic is to uh, marry uh, Rhea. 
which because yes. he sees the potential in what she's going to become. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, when you're reading uh, that whole story arc, you don't know what that is until you get to, you know, the, oh my God, like 10 issues later or something like that, like a long time, more than that. Um, so with uh, this in the show, you can, I, I saw that, you know, you switch out Rhea with Niles Calder and you amplify that man's pain, which is something that I truly believe is what we're going to see a lot in this season Mm -hmm. and it's not something that we've ever talked about when we would be like discussing the books because niles would just be like you know crisis crisis averted because of doom patrol next you know there was no version of niles where he was you know answering for his yeah misconduct (laughs) yeah all these things so like this is like a big deal so with like red jack being happening right now in the show is a big deal because now it's setting on early on that niles is probably going to just be in so much pain trying to atone for all these things and that was like the whole idea of red jack wanting to feed on that which plays into why he was trying to like you know lure niles to be his protege i use the word tutelage i love that word under the tutelage of randy tutelage (laughs) and so like you know but they also you know jack also like dangles the uh you know immortality thing in front of niles which is that i want to see that used more now i want people to like bribe niles calder with the hope for immortality and now that's got to be his his weakness like someone just gonna be like hey i can make you live forever he's be like nope hang on we gotta hear this we gotta hear this out like i gotta i gotta know yeah, it makes a lot more sense um, than the original comic book where Rhea was just kind of like kidnapped from the hospital, which I absolutely love in the comic book. I love the the kind of like how, and it's weird because Robot Man and Crazy Jane are not part of this story in the show, but in the books they were. They were like, um, you know, you have Crazy Jane just walking through the window in the library and she was like, ah, that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, I love that. But anyways, like, it, it makes more sense that Nile, Niles is, is the target of Red Jack and that he's he's attracted to that pain that's coming from Niles and the Doom Patrol like he, and, and, and Negative Man is he's attracted to that and he wants to live longer through that, which... In the books, it's explicitly stated that Red Jack is seeking immortality through pain mm-hmm. and uh, he's trying to create like a new immortal body with uh, in a mass of butterflies. Um, it, it makes a lot more sense than Rhea did. And I, we talked about it in the last episode as well about Negative Man being um, a better candidate for that as well. Mm-hmm. But Niles Calder even more so is, is like, okay, well, he's trying to live longer and that's what Red Jack was doing in the book. So bring in Red Jack. He's now, you know, he's found you because he's attracted to to pain. And it's been a great way that they do that kind of thing with, with some of these villains. Like Beard Hunter and uh, Mr. Nobody's trying to find the talisman. It's, it's really good. I, I enjoy that Red Jack is in here. It's a character I've been looking forward to. I didn't even know Red Jack was going to be... Um, 
in the show until like the trailer started coming out and people were like, oh, Red Jack's going to be it. And I was like, they're going to do the Butterfly Collector. Mm-hmm. It's like it it may be a very short lived, very kind of like uh, I you know, we talked about it yesterday about like flavor of the week type villains. Like, sure, that Red Jack might fall in that category. But I love that one. <laughs> like, but yeah, but what the Red Jack story is is uh, that's that's more powerful than just King Shark showing up and you know wrecking a bank, punching yeah. a, you know it's it, what this what what this uh, you know started. What's the word for that? Initiated. <laughs> what yeah, the Red Jack story initiates is this whole change in character that we hope to see from Niles Calder. Um, you know, obviously some clarity from Larry, um, you know, you know, with Rita and all these things like that, people that were affected in that, but like the idea of this pain and suffering that just, you need to be reminded again, <laughs> cause that is doom patrol. It's constant pain and suffering. And I think with this, uh, red Jack storyline just being so prevalent right now and, early on in the season, early on enough that we can see all of that pain and suffering blossom into something. So if probably by the end, if we look back and seeing, you know, look back to what Red Jack was saying with, hey, Niles, I know what you're about to become, and I need to feed off of all this pain that you are about to feel. Because, oh boy, you know, Red Jack didn't show up six months ago when or whatever when he was you know working on robot man or or what you know what have you he showed up here now specifically because because you know it's not a coincidence it's i do believe it's because we're about to like just get more into more pain and suffering possibly some learning from it (laughs) no yeah it's just like that's and that's what i love about doom patrol and everything because i do have to be reminded that it's not always a happy ending and like these characters are hurting and I need to empathize with them. I loved them so much as, uh, you know, growing up and reading these books and everything like that. Now that I'm, you know, older and can appreciate literature and, you know, character development and everything, I am just really looking to empathize with their pain and, just want to know more about it you know i just want to see them blossom it's beautiful yeah that's a good one blossom yeah no they're the the what what happens what happens with larry rita and niles in the house that jack built like is is very good stuff because it's a story it's a storyline where the villain uh in my opinion is successful you know, it's one of those like Red Jack did what uh, he enjoyed doing, which is causing pain in others. And even though Red Jack may have been killed, you know, it's you can always in, uh, guess that maybe he 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 lived somehow. But I, you know, even though he died in, at the end of the episode, the amount of pain that he put negative mm-hmm. man through with unwrapping those irradiated bandages and like the trauma that that Niles has to go through in experiencing what it's like for what Cliff Steele went through in mm-hmm. his robot man surgery like 
it's it's a delight to watch Red Jack have a delight in showing Niles Calder what that feels like or what it, you know the absence of of feeling that and it's very good it, the way that they do it the way that it it's kind of shown through the first person of of Cliff Steele as he's going through uh you know that kind of past and and Red Jack is in in that dining area just kind of like like feeding off of that mm-hmm. it's it's horror but it it feels good in the way that Niles Calder is understanding in in a very uh powerful way like yeah. just how bad the Doom Patrol actually have it um and then that of course like brings in like this CGI body horror moment where like the butterfly wings start coming out of him and man like say what you will about television CGI but to me how it looks is good like and and I don't mean that like oh it's really good impressive CGI like for better or worse like it's creepiness is there Mm -hmm. it has like this slimy like body gore like imagery to it that i think works it it's it's sold on me like you know on whatever budget they use for it like the the butterfly wings coming out of all three of them is is fantastic it's really cool stuff i agree going off of that I did notice that, um, you know, I keep saying comic book accuracy, but hey, you, you know, you're nailing it. Uh, the way Larry was, uh, you know, chained up, much like his, uh, much like Rebus was held by the marionette strings or the marionette, you know, puppet with the strings, you know, cutting the strings and everything to free them. Um, so, like, I want to go back to what you were saying going off of, uh, you know, like Larry in there and... Niles having to have that feeling of, you know, what if you did robot man yourself? Um, Do you think Rita was specifically uh, had like a thing catered to her fears and pain? Was her watching Larry uh, suffering like the most painful thing that that could happen to her? Or was it just like she just happened to be there? Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Is it's almost if like the rooms that they would be caught in in the house that Jack built would be catered to their specific fears. I I think Rita's thing has been that she's she's built up these walls and when she meets Larry Trainer in like 1966 or whatever mm-hmm. they meet like Larry is like one of the first persons to see through those walls and, and hit that like kind of nerve that's hiding back there. Like all the fear that she keeps like hidden in her closet. Like it's the first time someone notices that in Gertrude. Um, uh, And I'm trying to think here, like what pains her is not doing anything about it which is what she ends up doing here in the house that Jack built. Like because she is just watching Larry suffer like that. Her friend, yeah, and like her she feels like she suffer. can't yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like she feels like she can't 
do anything all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like one of the first times she's actually had a hero moment um, where, you know, I, I think she had a couple in, in Doom Patrol, a very scarce amount of moments. But this one, she's trying to save her best friend. Mm-hmm. And like we've, we've said it many times before, but like their platonic relationship is absolutely the best. Like, I love it. I love when they're roommates. I love when they live together. The uh, whole 1966 flashbacks in this episode were some of my favorite things. Yeah. Honestly. There was, did you catch that thing where, like, um, when they fir- when uh, Niles first brought Larry to the house and he was introducing him to Rita and everything? Um, Niles quickly goes away because he says, I've lost contact with a research vessel, like a very important research vessel. Did you get that? In 1966? Yeah. Is that... Cuban Missile Crisis? I mean, maybe, but I was trying to figure out like what research vessels might have been lost in real history in 1966. Oh, yes. I don't know. It might have been... uh, That's what I was trying to say. So, like, I did try to do research. I started with boats. (laughs) It was a little hard. Missing vessels in 1966. Yeah, that was a a little hard. Um so I don't know if I'm accurate. So like things that I did bring bring up, there was in the boat world. Um, there was some boat that like went missing off the Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think that's it. There was a submarine uh, research vessel, like one of those like you know with the claws mm-hmm. and stuff like that, that I think was uh, tasked with finding a, uh, a hydrogen bomb that like didn't go off or like that dropped or didn't go off. So I think it found that, but also. Um, uh, survey two, question. the ones that would land on the moon before the Apollo missions. Um, survey two, like, uh, crashed into one of the craters on the moon. So maybe that was possibly it. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to, th- I was like trying to figure out like if like, there was yeah. an actual like big real world, uh, thing that happened in 1966 about a, you know, things that could be deemed supernatural or whatever. Maybe someone knows and they just need to let us know. Because I don't know. I don't know what happened in 1966 about a missing research vessel. Um, and I, I think... I didn't think you what, would know. <laughs> no, but I think it's it's typical Niles Calder fashion to, to just be like, uh, here's your new home. Also, bye. I yeah. gotta go <laughs> run even, to the not store. Even here's your new home. Just like a. Here's the cage that I can keep you in. Yeah, experience. I messed bye. you up. You're gonna stay here now. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta. Now I gotta bring something up as well. So, previously we talked. I think it was in last episode we talked about um. <clears throat> Niles like uh attributing the Doom Patrols powers to how they would have benefited Niles's uh search uh, con- you know search for long life mm-hmm. um and then you said the uh, elastigirl like you know molecular it gets longer instead of instead of yeah, you know, she has aging longer yeah, yeah long ro- abilities <laughs> uh robot man it's just like you know you take your mind you put it in a robot body you live forever kind of thing there's that and then i think we got a little stuck on larry but you, I think we're close. So, like, you said, like, the white blood cell kind of thing, just, like, constantly regenerating or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. I said something about, like, 
if but he's like, irradiated. So, yeah, so like Superman has to fly up to the yellow sun to heal, right? Gain his powers back. That's got to yeah. be like just getting I, flooded with radiation. Also, Grant Morrison's all-star Superman, that's how Superman dies. He essentially gets cancer, Superman cancer, because he flew too close to the sun. He was like right up on that zone B. Um, so, is Larry's, Larry Trainer's flight like... Niles Calder trying to, uh, you know, Icarus kind of thing, this guy. Like, just get this guy as close to the sun as I can to see how much radiation he can, his body can soak in and, like, you can live longer if, if you get just, like, super irradiated. You think it's in that kind of vein? Either also, that bigger or question, he... does Superman exist in this Earth? Yeah, Justice League exists. In this Earth. Yeah, because uh, Cyborg oh, yeah, shined to... Yeah, because Cyborg, yeah, yeah, that's right. So Superman they does mention exist, Batman. So. Yeah. And then you have to ask, like, when that was happening. So in 1966, 67, or 65, whatever, when Larry was doing his flights, was Superman on Earth then? And did people know that Superman had to, fl- like, got energy from the sun? And is Niles trying to just recreate that? My or other... is it his own idea? Like, I just got to super irradiate myself. My other hypothesis is that he's just trying to see if he can live long by just uh, having a, 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 a symbiosis with some with a alien life form, and I guess this is kind of like going into Venom territory. From no, it's like Marvel going into Comics. the astronaut's wife territory. All right, Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, that, that's what I'm thinking. Of, like, is that is that. Uh, is he is he trying to get like symbiosis with an alien, and like maybe by being a host because he could live longer, and he's trying to see if that'll work. Have you never um, seen the astronaut's wife? No, but, you need uh, to give it a watch. It's a quick. You can get done with it, and you might not even have to watch all of it. You, well, yeah, watch the end, but like you can be like, okay, I got it. But I think you would get a kick out of it, Mark. Really, I honestly think you get a kick out of it. There is one movie that's similar to that, and I it's it's uh, it, have you ever seen Possession with with Sam Neill? It's like a nineteen eighty one movie. No, that's it's like, scary. <laughs> it's like another. Uh, it is very scary, but it's like a, it's another. It's a very weird. Uh, like here's the summary: a young woman left. Left her family for an unspecified reason. The husband determines to find out the truth and starts following his wife. At first, he suspects that a man is involved, but gradually he finds out uh, more and more strange behaviors and bizarre incidents that indicate something more uh, than a pos- uh, so- that indicates something more than a possessed love affair. Uh, so basically, it's just like Sam Neill finding out that his wife is possessed by something. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think the episode, the movie ends with like them both being possessed or something. Oh, something so like, I wonder if that's I wonder if astronaut's wife like came from that at all. Yeah. So like take that but put it in space. <laughs> oh, okay. Now don't put it in space. Put the put one person in space that gets possessed, comes down. They got a baby, and there was some weird thing in that storyline about the. Uh, this is another thing. The like he was a test pilot or whatever so like he was flying a ship that had like these new engines on it it was like twin engines or whatever there was a weird twin thing uh yeah you know, twin ion thing. engine i know what that is okay st- all right 
George Lake. Can Diet Coke? Uh, large lo mein, please. No shrimp. <laughs> that's lunch. Um, Cut, yeah. that's lunch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, with with all the all the Doom Patrol members that they have and like their their mishaps, uh, and sometimes I even start to wonder if like Cyborg is also one of Niles's failed experiments and we don't know and we're just blaming Silas Stone for um, just... Well, wasn't that like said in um the Mr. Nobody stuff? Not really. We it, uh Mr. Nobody plays into um the questioning it, of how Cyborg No, not even questioning. Is that what it, it, is? it furthers like his grief in that he killed his own mother. And then Mr. Nobody gets a bigger laugh by then making him kill his father as well. So mm. he's now killed both his parents. And so he, Mr. Nobody has really traumatized him. But then part of me is like, Mr. Niles Calder is very friendly with Victor. I would not be surprised if maybe, you know, because the idea that his body, you know, he was saved with, those cybernetics you know he is kind of like robot man but not really yeah like i wouldn't put it past niles to to have done to have had a hand in in victor stone's like um his second life basically so i'm wondering if if you know if if that's something to bring up and um hang on let me let me think about this because like but then, like the whole, de- like the last bit of what we see of Niles Calder at the end of this, don't bring it up yet. But like that would kind of, like his involvement with Cyborg might diminish that, because you know, like, because Robot Man exists, you know. Yeah, and he's not. They could try he's again. Not getting, he's not getting upgraded. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, so but he's going to. That's the thing. He's going to try again at yeah. the end of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which we, I but mean, like, we, so li- hmm, I don't well, know. No, I don't no, know. no. Go with it. What do you want to talk about? Because um, we can. I don't know. Maybe we from should, here we can we go should. into cyborg, or we can continue. Yeah, on let's with. just let's let's go into cyborg because then and then we'll pick it back up with uh, Timothy Dalton and everything. At the end there. Cyborg talk. Okay. So wait, cyborg talk would be beeps and boops mixed in with uh, regular like language, right? Because you know, you're not 100% machine, so it'd be beeps boops. Hey beep beep. How you do? How you guys been? Beep boop boop. <laughs> with is that cyborg talk? <laughs> It would be like an AI conversation, yeah. Um, AI. Oh, that's even scarier. Yeah, you're right. With so Victor Victor Stone's arc is a, it, it's very small in today's episode. It really just is him and Ronnie like having a thing, and then later they're kind of like, yeah, it was just a thing. Like, don't get too attached. So, um, 
what were your thoughts on 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 that? I mean, because to me, it felt more like it reminded me a lot of Titans, the the other show that DC Universe has. Yeah, um, which I do like that. There's nothing wrong with with that when it's written well. Like there are many episodes of Titans that I do like, um, in you know when it's written like this and it has those moments of just being real. Those were moments in the Teen Titans books and, and Nightwing books and, you know, stuff like that. I enjoy when these DC characters have these human moments. And in in typical Doom Patrol fashion, that these uh, quote-unquote heroes are just trying to be human, right? Mm-hmm. So I do like that. I like these, you know, these arcs don't always have to be about uh, wacky villains and crazy plot lines or, you know, saying fuck. 30 times in one minute it doesn't have to always be that i can i can hang out with these these more relatable more real scenes of victor stone trying to yeah find a partner or find something that can uh help him with his issues maybe it's not the right way to go about it but that's storytelling you know it's only the third episode in the season, so play it out. So I I enjoy these scenes, and um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wish Titans would would do that, <laughs> but on a consistent, like meaningful basis. Because sometimes it, it it gets away from them, and then we lose track of that stuff. Um, but yeah, what did you think of of Cyborg? I, I think. He, is he he gets some information from Ronnie when he's waiting uh on a date you know for mm-hmm. he stands him up or no she doesn't stand him up he gets pissed off and leaves like come on i'm i'm angry at cyborg that's what i'm going to tell you right now i'm yeah. angry and i'm a little confused as to why he's like why he's mad at ronnie without even talking to her and stuff like that yeah you get like the email with like the stuff and and cool like you don't like follow that up with like, hey, do you want to like, uh, like talk about that instead of me just opening up the file and looking at a picture? Like, tell me the whole thing. Like, tell me, tell me what's up. Uh, it's like I don't know. You were obviously interested in this person enough to ask them out multiple times and like want to get to know them, and then the first little bit of information that you get a little peek behind a curtain, you immediately you know, throw your hands up and walk out of the restaurant and not want to know more about that person? Come on. I, I'm confused at, like, the anger. And this is something that, obviously, I'm going to learn as the show grows. Um, but why was he so angry? I think he just has these issues that are unresolved and... With, like, patriarchy? and or Is that what the right word? Like, just uh, patriotism, I guess? Or was it, like, um, what was what Ronnie did... Like, obviously, it was war crimes, I'm assuming. Um, and then is just, like, Cyborg just, like, this uh, Boy Scout-esque persona that is, like, uh-uh-uh. He is a Boy Scout. Um, I, I, if people don't know that yet, they, they need to know that he is, yeah. he is a Boy Scout-class superhero. Like, if you can call, call him that. Like he is, and his his issue is 
he uses grid to to get information and it's unwarranted it's invasive like do his own policing yeah and, it, and yeah it, yeah invasive you're forming wrong opinions because you're just getting yeah you're just getting wrong you know you're not getting all of the information you're getting wrong information you're maybe not wrong or uh you know it might be factual information but it's not like talking to a person and figuring out because he hasn't their choices even- he hasn't started talking yet. He hasn't started yeah. like talking in the therapy. He hasn't actually started trying to uh, take care of himself. He's trying to. He uses his trauma to stay undisciplined with the technology that's you know at his disposal, and he thinks he's been taught the right way because he is a Justice League candidate, like. There's so much wrong with him internally that he hasn't tried to sort out yet. Um, and he's only run away from. And I think that's the problem is that he keeps running away from, from his inner pain. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he it, it's starting to inflict. Well, it's not inflicting pain on others, but it's it's getting damn near annoying what he's doing. And yeah, he, he you have every right to be mad. I think you should be mad. I think you're supposed to be mad at Cyborg uh in these last couple episodes because for judging too quickly. Mark, you and I have a history about this. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I honestly, I I think and you know, this is what's weird is like the history of the two characters is that Ronnie is supposed to be like a reflection and yeah reflection or an opposite to cyborg and and now i'm trying to see like what if she's not the worst half or what if he makes her the worst half and then that's again on him so it's it i'm you know going back to comparing to it to titans these are seeds that get planted and i'm hoping that this actually blossoms into that Whereas yeah. in Titans, a lot of times it it either didn't or it just, they forgot about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, now it is Blossom. Like it happened immediately. You know, we forgot about it. So uh, th- sometimes it feels half-baked in that show. But this one, I'm, I'm excited to see where that's going. And I think it's one of those things similar to how in Beard Patrol, we had the Niles Calder origin of like his Bureau of Normalcy led to the Bureau of Oddities. And at first it was like, oh, that was like weirdly unexpected and probably not my most memorable episode. But now that we're watching season two, I look back at that episode and I go, oh, that's actually the origin. Like out of maybe out of more maybe now more than ever that episode is more important for season two. Like you should go watch that episode before starting season two. Cause that really explains now it's Calder and, and Dorothy um, and like kind of like bridges what is explained in, in season two. So uh, I'm curious to see what happens. Cause I think we have to pay attention to what's going on with them. I think it's easy to gloss it over. Like I said, sometimes you just get, stuck on on cliff steel saying fuck 
40 times mm-hmm. and you're like haha that's great that's funny but then you overlook what's happening with cyborg and i think that's the wrong thing to do is to get distracted mm-hmm. like that um but with that being said what do you think about cliff Steele saying fuck 40 times in today's episode <laughs> <laughs> did you count him no but they someone the uh, they did count it he says fuck they like 72 okay. times in all three episodes a total that's of good. that's 72 that's times I do, I do remember him sitting on the curb when the when the uh, cops show up and he says, "What the fucking fuck is this?" Like that's, like, I love Brendan Fraser so much, and hearing his voice is like so uh, comforting to me. Maybe because I watched George of the Jungle a lot as a kid. That's the movie you bring up. George of the Jungle was like the movie that I've seen the most with Brendan Fraser, and Sino Man is after that. I think I saw Bedazzled a couple times, or uh, whatever the one with the where he's hanging out with the devil or something like that. Which is the one where him, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler go to the radio station? What Airheads. Is that Airheads. <laughs> I've seen that. I, I think I've only seen that movie one time. Um, but yeah, so George of the Jungle, I watched a lot, a lot of. Um, so just like being able to hear his voice, and then now as I'm an adult, like hearing him like curse <laughs> it's i don't know it's comforting it's great i think he's doing an amazing job with it um all of it's fantastic him confronting clara now in in florida at her home was a uh, a big deal and i would not have expected it to go any other way than him just knocking on the door and just like kind of Okay, so batshit crazy scientist did this to me, and now all this stuff. Like, not even, like, there's not really any sentiment because the man doesn't necessarily know how to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it was, like, I didn't, you know, it, it was on par with what I see Cliff Steele as in this role. Um, and then even the tantrum that he has is is perfect. Him doing, like, the reasoning in his head... And him realize like going from anger to like you know depression and like all these things, and then you know Jane having to come up and like calm him down and and all these things was just like it just felt like you know real. That was emotion. Yeah. From this from this, this imprisoned person in a robot body. It's so easy to forget because like a lot of times you you see just that robot face and it's unanimated and there's like literally no emotions coming from the body. I mean, yes, in, in body language, there Mm -hmm. is emotion, but with the face, there is none. And I think a lot of times you, I hope people don't overlook that. Like that is intentional and that is important that you hear the emotion from, from the voice that is Brent, Brendan Fraser. The Mummy. Also, The Mummy was on a lot when I was Nate, a kid. Let that me, was the one you. I was looking for. You were trying... Okay, so like yeah. I... <laughs> You're talking to the guy who, who keeps... I I put that... I keep like, that I motherfucking thing on me. Mummy on <laughs> Blu-ray. The, the the first Mummy reboot, uh, the 2000, that, that's, a, that's a masterwork. Maybe a masterpiece. <laughs> One of the probably one of the best reboots to ever have happened ever. Um, I remember so. that when I, so I got a DVD player and one of the first ones I got was um, the Mummy Returns on DVD. Oh boy! And I 
don't think I ever took it out of the like plastic wrap um, because I would always have my VHS copy of The Mummy and preferred that one so much. You got, everyone's got to rewatch The Mummy. It's if underrated. you haven't seen The Mummy in a while, you really got to go yeah. check it out again. It is v- very fun and great. Yeah. Um, um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. But the the, the the unanimated face of Robot Man, but with the vo- with the voice and, and then the movements of Riley Shanahan, like, is great. Don't overlook that. He's supposed to, you know, he's trapped. You can actually, yeah, you can feel the emotion. Exactly. You feel the imprisonment of that character. And I think that's another another parallel in, in, in today's episode, similar to how in, in yesterday's episode, there was Cyborg and the Doom Patrol. Like, we're not the heroes and they're not the bad guys. That was like the central theme. Like, mm-hmm. please understand that you guys are not heroes. And, you know, Dr. Time and the Mugger, they're not bad guys. You are just making them into bad guys so that you guys feel like you're heroes doing heroic things. It's not and you're not. Cut it out. That was Time Patrol. Today's episode is like your trauma. You know, you're not facing your inner trauma. So you're 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 trying to force a like a square peg in like a round hole kind of situation. Here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> okay. Someone someone just watched I thought I was bringing up the Apollo stuff. But that's that's literally what today's episode is. With Cyborg, with Niles, with Robot Man talking to Clara, these are all people with deep-seated issues within themselves, and then they go and try to fix things forcibly, and it's it backfires on them, it, like in the worst ways. Like you have Red Jack who comes and shows you all the horrors that you've done with Cyborg. It's like you know Ronnie is completely just like okay you're you're red flag man you're no longer cyborg you're just a walking red flag and with robot man it's like yeah i we understand like we as the viewers we understand you want to be a great father but you are not a great person even before the accident even before everything that happened in season one what happened in, in the first episode, Fun Size Patrol, when his own dad calls him out, like, that's something to remember because you're, <laughs> you have to have a a look at within yourself, which you haven't done yet. That's what his father's telling him. It's like, you, you really need to sort yourself out from the inside. These characters have not done that yet, and they're trying to, like, fix their problems without doing that part. Um and and I think that's like literally every arc in today's episode, except uh, except Dorothy. I think she just hers was just a very sad thing. It's like, uh, but you know, I think that's like the the parallel theme for all the characters. And it's called Pain Patrol for a reason, buddy. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's all pa- everybody was feeling pain. Everything was painful. And maybe the, 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 I guess the central theme is like ignorance because that's also what Crazy Jane is going through, right? So Crazy Jane is 
suppressing her uh, her her abilities. That's how she's dealing with it, or or she's not dealing with it. That's the thing. She's not dealing with her inner trauma, and she's suppressing her abilities. She's suppressing the other personalities, mm-hmm. and so everyone is just being really ignorant internally, and all the personalities are kind of like, I, I guess, staging a coup. They try not to say ultimatum, but it's there's an intervention that's happening within, within um, the underground. Yeah, I was gonna say within K Chalice. I guess K Chalice is in the the body of the girl, um, but within Crazy Jane in the underground, and I think that's important because everyone's dealing with a version of mental illness, or maybe. Uh, you know, everyone's dealing with mental illness, but it, it all seems to be kind of similar, but at the same time, it's very different. And, you know, Crazy Jane is a person who deals with mental illness before being a, a, a superhero character. You know, like in comic books, it's like, this is a character with mental illness problems. The only wacky part about it is that her split personalities have meta-human abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, which is important, I, you know, and I'm glad they, they touch on that. And, uh, for, for, I guess for better or worse, it almost seems like her ignorance is, I guess, kind of like in like a watchman way, like crazy Jane is being a problem to the point where like the other personalities are now kind of like unifying. They're kind of like, Okay, well, we have to probably dethrone you now and get a new primary to take care of Kate Chalice. And I I think, I don't know what's going to happen with, with her. I'm curious to find out. But it's almost like she's become such a problem because she's ignoring her own trauma that the other ones have to step in. And it, to me, it's like a good thing. But then I'm like, okay, but then who's going to be the new primary now? And that's the problem. That's the thing I'm worried about. It's sure as shit not going to be Karen. I don't think they're going to put Karen back <laughs> up there. Well, but, no, uh, it's going to be it's going to be Kay. Or is it going to be Miranda? The oh other no, one. yeah, I guess it's going to be Miranda because she was one that showed up and was like, you know, I'll take it from here. <laughs> Strong arm too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm That's, curious. It's to scary. Me. It's it's definitely scary. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh. I guess what the 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 last thing I want to talk about is kind of like how the episode ends, mm-hmm. which you know it's going back to Red Jack and or it's going back to Niles Calder, Larry and Rita, and I think what's this moment I really like with Niles Calder is when he's uh, in that basement and he's mm-hmm. looking at all their files and he's looking at their photographs. To me, like what I was reading in my head was he was saying. He was looking at them like they were humans. Like, these are human beings. Yep. These are people. <laughs> these <Yep>. are people <laughs> that I've ruined their lives. Yep. And man, that's exactly Timothy Dalton what it is. crying. Man, that got me. That was it good. It did, didn't it? Yeah. That was intense. That was really intense. I felt so, oh, I felt so sad. It was incredible. And you're right, he did. He was looking at their photographs, and they were people. And it was just that crushing, overwhelming feeling of, you know, 
maybe you were maybe Niles you were accepting that like you were being extremely selfish and that this is awful what you did like you are a you are a bad person for what you did it just felt so warranted you know yeah like he he needs to cry like he did need to see their photos and feel that remorse and and break down and cry and all of that he he needed to feel that much like larry needed a hug or wanted Where? a hug like that's more what it was and god damn it my arms are open larry I'll, let me give I, i'll hug you it's so cute it's like like and not in like a cutesy way but like it's just so like their support if, system you don't need to explain yourself because people listening if you've ever had a good hug and you know those good hugs you know that feeling it feels good it feels great the, the, i, w- I want know, one right he now he says he says like um like everyone that everyone you know everyone that comes near me like ends up in pain or something Mm-hmm. Um, and he says something like, because Rita feels like she was a lost cause at one point and, you know, 1966 negative man doesn't, you know, he wants to support her then, but they had really just met. So it, it didn't, it didn't, doesn't feel as, um, close as a friendship as it does now. And, and with Rita saying, you know, you're not a lost cause or if, if you are, I'm, I'm here to help fight for you as well. And, just that that friendship that ends with that hug it just it's a support system that a lot of them need and i feel like they're they're the closest ones to figuring it out before anyone else mm-hmm. because they're accepting it and this might again go back into that thing of like negative man is dealing with that negative energy in in him first before anyone else um so I'm curious to see how that goes because I I feel like he I feel like they're figuring it out. Maybe Rita's figuring it out more mm. faster than anyone else. I'm not sure, but possibly. Uh, uh that just the, that dynamic duo cuz we really don't ever see these two characters like this before. Not not like in this show. I mean, you know? yeah, well obviously no. The only time we got it was in, you know, the 60s. Yeah, and I think if anything, <laughs> that's, that's like different comic books. Like it's you can't really have that. You don't have that connection. It's just completely different, you know. So this yeah. is new territory, and it's great. It is. It's firing all all cylinders. I think if anything, it's it's closer to like just what Robot Man and Crazy Jane are in. Uh, in the early Grant Morrison stories, or even when, and this might be a spoiler to the next episode, but, uh, you know, when the sex men show up in Scarlet Harlot in mm-hmm. like, kind of like towards the end of Grant Morrison's run, um, those kind of things, like when whatever robot man and crazy Jane go through together in the Grant Morrison run is probably the closest to, you know, the dynamic that, Rita and and Larry have in in this show. Yeah, and maybe it's a it's a good thing that it's done by two two different characters now. But man, it's absolutely it's incredible! Amazing. It's jaw dropping. I'm honestly every time I watch these episodes, I'm amazed. And it's mm-hmm. 
And just like besides the fact that I'm amazed that Doom Patrol is a television show that I'm watching, but like it's 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 incredible. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to bring up though, since we're on like a, a Larry Rita thing, uh, when they were showing the flashbacks to 1966 about you know her uh, showing him up to the room in the house and everything like that, them having the mm-hmm. discussion, um, you know about the bandages and trusting Niles and everything like that. She did mention that. Um, so, like, the film, she talks about, like, the film that, you know, Niles spent months or whatever developing so that Larry could get sunlight in his room. It kind of has, like, a purple hue to it, right? And I know that's, like, tinting. You know, if you're in a car, you got a lot of tint. It's, like, purple. But also, don't you think that's, like, what might Larry would see, like, out of those glasses? Like, that kind of, that tint style? Kind of like a Cyclops uh, vision, you know what I mean? Like, that whole... I Jesus, that whole idea of Cyclops, like, you know, the the sad part about him is that he always has to have glasses and he only sees red, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. like I just I just felt like seeing Larry's room in that purple hue was like akin to what Larry actually sees when he's suited up. Yeah, anyway. and I'm surprised you know, I guess you could in in the superhero way, it makes sense, but you know, technically, you shouldn't have eyes; they should be melted. But, um, you know, you can't have a blind superhero, and you can you have know, a blind. What you just said, you can't have a blind superhero, Daredevil. Like, yeah, but that's his thing all the time. Is, oh. that, he, <laughs> is that he's that's that's the Daredevil <laughs> thing? Is like, okay, he's the blind superhero. That's funny. It's like what. No, but that's like you his can't thing. Just, yeah, but you can't have negative man just be blind just because. Well, he's irradiated, so his eyeballs would have melted. So technically, you it's like be you blind. can't. Yeah, it's and like then they go like, just... okay, well, he's blind technically because he got irradiated. Don't yeah. ask me about the alien spirit in his body and how that works out, but yeah, yeah, his eyes are melted. So that, you know, <laughs> producer note. <laughs> okay, kid. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, was, I never really funny. noticed his his room was like lead line and shield oh like that. yeah that was one thing that i like picked up on when we first saw it way later because he when he was like laying in bed all mopey in season one and stuff like that I was like damn look at the architecture of his room is great I metal thought it was all that, these things i just thought that was like his room or something and it was like, weird he was just I, like a cool guy that would have a you know metal walls <laughs> yeah i guess i never figured yeah. it out you think it would be just proper because he's just the most irradiated substance living on earth hey at least he got windows i thought the windows were cool exactly yeah that's my point it's great that he has windows and yes he can look outside he can grow the plants it's it's beautiful um so we do get one of the last scenes uh of niles when he was crying and everything he does pick up a little uh, blueprint sketch and starts going to town. Yeah. What what is that? What do you mean what is that? Robot Man 2.0. I'm It was a rhetorical. It was a it was a alley oop if you will. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, do you want to do it again? No, I'm good. <laughs> People got the joke. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh I'm curious to see how this ends up. Me too. I'm curious, curious to see if this is going to go to like the uh, um, 
what is it, issue 31 with, with brain taking over the now, body? Mark. If, <laughs> Mark. If that happens. If we're being honest right now, and this idea of Robot Man 2.0 being built and having that clash Happen? of the brain and... Mark, I'm telling you right now, if we get to see the brain and Monster Mala in this fucking TV show, I am I am going to just go up to every single rooftop and scream with such <laughs> excitement and joy. That is, that is, I don't even, I can't even describe how how excited i am if that is what this is alluding to probably not mark i'm gonna keep my expectations low you but you motherfucker (laughs) if if this is leading up to a kiss me mala scene i am standing ovation i'm writing you guys letters and thanking you every single day for giving me this show the show's not allowed to cancel until we get that moment you know like it can't happen you can't you can't end it i don't care if like you know mento and and all that the doom patrol the old doom patrol happened like it doesn't matter because apparently everyone can just live forever in this show so like if i get a brandon monster mala on screen in live action in doom patrol i'm gonna (laughs) these pants are getting way too tight and and you know the show's put on hold. So even though we know the next episode titles, like the you know we have nine episodes so far, mm-hmm. um, and then it was put on hold. So there's half of a season we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of maybe these don't add up to being, um, you know, anything to do with brain or Monsieur Mala. Like I want to see it. I want to see that happen. You guys are not allowed to cancel the show until I've seen it, but <laughs> I want to see Brain and Monsieur Mala right. just doing something, like having some sort of episode. I, don't, I really don't care if it's just like a flavor of the week episode, because or it's just that, like the animal, vegetable, uh, mineral man type thing. Like that's like just that little cameo and and yeah and little and little things that we got in the show with him being on the news and 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 the book and everything like that's yeah. It's fantastic. I think that would be fine. And I think Armor 2.0, Robot Man 2.0, that would be a great way to do that, uh, you know, villain of the of the week type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to, to what they did with Therapy Patrol. So uh, with that being said, I think I think that's a great way to, to wrap up today's episode. Unless you Hang have on. anything else? Yeah. I got one more thing. The last thing. Oh, <laughs> and one more thing. And one more thing. What is that? That's Mark Marin, isn't it? I think it That's is. That's not what I was doing. I was oh. quoting the guy from Soccer. Oh, Bunch. you were. Oh yes, yeah. uh, stick sticks. From no, Dead... that's that he. That's the same guy, the same character from, from Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. If if anything comes from this, now if there's anybody listening to this show right now and this episode at this exact moment that has any sort of pull or say in anything he, I I'm this I'm pitching you something this is a pitch <clears throat> so it's like a Bob Ross type television show you listen to the show this far yeah you need to <laughs> give me give me some throw me a bone here 
Bob Ross type television show uh, with Timothy Dalton just sketching. I can watch that man sketch on this little piece of paper that he's got in front of him at the end. Of the- I could watch that man sketch for hours. <laughs> so let me get a Timothy Dalton sketch show. So here's the pitch, Mark. And this is where it gets fun. Was that not the pitch? The p- little bit more. Uh, so maybe that's the title of the show, right? Timothy Dalton sketching. Um, title of the show, Timothy Dalton sketches, colon, a Timothy Dalton sketch show, parentheses, based on sketches by Timothy Dalton as seen in the sketch show, Timothy Dalton sketches. Now that has to be italicized because it's a title. And parentheses. Uh, starring Timothy Dalton, pending, because, you know, we got to reach this out. Is, yeah, that's just the actor credit. So you can go either way with this. You can you can give me the artistic show of sketching with Timothy Dalton or Timothy Dalton sketching or Timothy Dalton sketches, sketching with Timothy Dalton, or let's get this man doing sketch comedy. That's what I thought you were saying. He's doing Dude, it can go comedy. either way. It's any, It's that ambiguous. So people with pull... Let's get it going. Are yeah. you trying? You're trying to piece together the the, the the everything about the title. I have it written down. I could type it out and send it to you, and you can. Yeah, I think it all a, makes uh, sense. <laughs> slap a cover letter on that bad boy and let it rip. You'd be out of your damn mind if I'm ever writing a cover letter. <laughs> uh, I think that that that'll do it for us today, uh, and we're gonna have to send this out over the airwaves. If you're listening. Uh, please check out Nathan's pitch, because otherwise, then I'm the only one being punished by it. Um, Mark, these are, yeah. this is a good idea. If nothing comes from it, this is you and I. This is our magnum opus. Timothy, Timothy, I have an idea. Shaking, I need your sketchbook. Shaking the, my notebook. It's a note on portfolio of loose papers. Like Timothy, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell you about the sketches. Oh, um, man. I could listen to that guy just talk. I honestly could. Yeah, right? And yeah. yeah, throw on top of that him sketching in just a notebook. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's, Mr. Let's Dalton, please. It. We're big. We're huge fans. Yeah. Uh, next episode, Sex Patrol, season two, episode four. We're looking forward to it. I think we're going to see some fan favorite characters returning once again but until then dj please take it away hey hey try this on for size the horrible truth of existence is that all things must end that's our show for today until we meet again this has been Doom patrol radio